We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you? Not doing too bad. You know, excited. Another fantastic day of talking baseball. Of course. On YouTube. Always excited. And all our other locations that you can listen and watch us. But, uh, but yeah, let's get it. Let's, uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, question of the day. You guys know I like to start this podcast off with question of the day. Nate, you don't even know this one is today. Nope. We're on it. We're on it. Who hits, who hits harder, Will Smith of the Oscars or Will Smith of the Dodgers? Will Smith of the Dodgers. That dude ranks. A little bit harder? Yeah, dude ranks. All right, all right, all right. All right, jokes aside, though. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to I had to throw it out there. I still don't know if it's real or not. I think it's as fake as can be. But, I think it's uh, fake too. I do too. But eh. we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. Will Smith the Dodgers always. Um, Will Smith the Dodgers. So guys, as always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Here at Talking Halos, making us the best podcast around. I truly do think we are, and so do the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Numbers back up what we believe. Sounds good to me, guys. So. Guys, if you could uh, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to it, leave us a review. Um, subscribe, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're getting pretty close to that 100 subscriber mark, which is pretty cool. Didn't think uh, that would ever be a thing, but uh, but hey, being YouTube superstars is—I'm uh, just kidding. That's not a thing. We are not. We are not. But um, but yeah, thanks guys for all the support. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at Nate Green thirty four. And guys, let's get back to some questions. So next question is more of a comment, I'd say. But I really enjoy doing these questions because it gives us stuff to talk about. Because actually, before question, before question, a couple days ago, Noah Syndergaard pitched. Let's get a little. Uh, I wouldn't really say a recap, but how do you feel about that? How, how did you did you like how what you saw? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was he was pounding his own. Even even if his off speed pitches, like even if they were out of the zone, he was competitive. Um, I think that's something that the Angels have lacked is like 
all of his pitches were competitive. There wasn't really a pitch where I was like, oh, that that was kind of a waste of a pitch. So um, I like the demeanor. I like that he got through three and two thirds, you know, through 60 pitches. He should be on track to throw 85 to 100 pitches in his first start, depending on how it is, how taxing those 80 to 100 pitches are. Um, yeah, I, I thought he threw the ball well. I'm really excited to, to see him in his probably third game of the season where we'll see him is my guess. Yeah, no, I was uh, extremely excited. He brings, and Nate and I have talked about this many times, he brings that little bit of edge, um, a little bit of chippiness. He said it right before, maybe the day before his start or something like that, This uh, that he feels that this, uh, this team's a little bit different um, to, you know, say what he said without too many explicits um you know he but yeah he looked good i i'm i'm excited to see what he does i know he's got a meeting or had a meeting with uh, joe madden about restrictions this year we'll see we'll see what ends up happening with that if that even ever comes out to the media or anything like that but um but yeah you know i'm 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 pleasantly surprised i know it's just day one of um let's see the next six months that we have to worry about you know losing pitching to injuries but it's a good start. It's a good sign right now when nobody is really getting hurt and we can knock on wood. Um, but nobody well, is really getting hurt yet, which is, which well, is AJ Ramos just got hurt, but we'll move on with that comment. Syndergaard was 93 and 95. His Vila did kick up a little bit from his last starts. So that is also good news. Um, always want to see the Vila continue to kick up. So I think he will probably sit in that 96 to 98 range. I don't think you're going to see him hit 101 every single start like you did when he was a Met, I think, with Tommy John and, you know, just trying to get 100%. I think you'll see him sit 96 to 98. He might kick it up to 100, maybe 101 once in a while, but it's not going to be as consistent as it was. Um, But I do see him sitting that 96, 98 range, which is – unbelievable with the stuff he has so really encouraging signs from him on monday yep absolutely and um good just good to see it from Syndergaard. i'm excited to see what he brings to the table uh from a veteran presence as well so let's get on to some questions uh this first one is more of a comment but it came from uh dark dak dak dark i don't know he I, i'm not even gonna try to say the name it's dark ram fantasy where that's that's what it is you know who you are if you listen to this uh his is a comment he says is patrick sandoval a cy young candidate can i back that up with a question is patrick sandoval the most underrated pitcher in baseball no he is not the most underrated pitcher in baseball is he a cy young candidate absolutely i mean everyone before the season is going to be a cy young candidate um be positive i i am i'm i'm saying he is a cy young candidate you know, everyone's a Cy Young candidate until proven otherwise. So, you're uh, telling me right now that Trevor Cahill, wherever he is, is a Cy Young candidate? If he is a starting pitcher for some team, he is a Cy Young candidate until proven otherwise. Um, I, can he win the Cy Young realistically? Yes, he has the stuff to, to do it. We saw it with the almost no hitter in Minnesota. If he can continue that, he had that hot stretch where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball for about two and a half, three weeks was at four or five starts. Um, if he can continue to pitch like that, yes, he has a shot to win a Cy Young. Um, there, there are a lot of guys. Shane Bieber's coming back. Derek Cole is going to be on a mission to win a Cy Young. So he's got, he's got a lot of competition. He does, but can he win a Cy Young? Yes. Does he have Cy Young stuff? Absolutely. But I mean, Jared's going to be mad at me about this, but 
everyone is going to be a Cy Young candidate until they are proven to not be a Cy Young, a Cy Young candidate. I mean, you look at it last year, was Robbie Ray a Cy Young candidate before the year? I don't think people were picking him. Uh, you know, Patrick Sandoval is going to be in the same kind of class where it's like probably nobody's going to be picking him early, but if he continues to throw up quality numbers, uh, a lot of strikeouts and, and uh, low walk rate, doesn't really give up too many runs, he's going to have a shot to, to win it. So, I mean, if you want a bold prediction, I say he finishes in the top 10 in Cy Young voting this year, um, just based off war alone. Like, I mean, if the voters – so I take that back. I say that he finishes in the top 10 in Fangraph's war for starting pitching this next year, as long as he stays healthy. And I'll put an asterisk next to that because as long as he stays healthy and we see 100 and – 45 innings from him he should you know he's going to get the swings and misses he's going to get the, the strikeouts just make the bold claim don't don't it's fine. put asterisks on there no. just make the claim that's fine that's fine i will i will he's gonna win cy young then that's my there bold you call. go just, there's, there's your bold claim he's not gonna do he, he's probably not gonna win cy young but if you said if you told me right now that that you know you are you know a time traveler and you came back and said patrick sandoval finished in the top 10 in uh al cy young i'd be like yeah yeah that makes sense he's gonna put up a lot of he's probably gonna put up a lot of strikeouts he's probably gonna put up a lot of the swings and misses which means his war is gonna go through the roof um and he's you know gonna hopefully give you five to seven innings a game you know so he's gonna do what what you hope for you know that is the reason why i think it's going to be very tough for an angel to win a cy young the innings pitched is a big big deal to cy young voters that's why Zach Wheeler was up there last year because of how many innings he threw. Uh, the the ERA and all that wasn't the best when it comes to looking at Corbin Burns and Walker Bueller and Julio Rios and all those other guys. But his innings pitch were so high that it gave him the extra edge. That is going to be tough for Angel pitchers to do is throw that many innings. But if his numbers are ridiculous, like Jacob Degrom, like where they're you know low twos, upper ones, you know he's obviously going to have a shot. But the innings pitch is going to be tough for angel pitchers to get there. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, that's the tough part to get, you know, the innings pitched at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's just how it is. So uh good, good comment there. We'll get on to an actual question here. It comes from Adam Watson. He says in light of the news of Otani leading off, how much weight do you guys, do you guys put on trout batting in the second in the lineup? Yeah, I, I think it's very, very important. Um, it, it allows Shohei Otani to see some better pitchers. I think first pitch of the game, I'm going to be curious to see how often he swings at the very first pitch of the game. Um, typically, the first pitch of the game is a fastball for a strike, um, and it's going to be interesting. Will he swing at that pitch a lot and hope to catch lightning in a bottle, hit a bomb to start the game? I, I don't know. I think that allows him to be more aggressive hitting one and with Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon hitting behind him is going to give him that option to you know take a walk because Mike Trout's behind him and Anthony Rendon's behind him so uh, he's he's going to be allowed to be more aggressive early in counts and less aggressive when he's ahead in the count you know 3-0 type of count so I think it's it's important that Trout hits two I, I don't want to see anyone else hitting two, honestly. I, I would be okay with Rendon hitting two, but after that, like, it, it, it really should be Mike Trout hitting two, uh, and, and that'll allow the Angels to do so many more things. Otani could steal, which, you know, opens up a base for Trout or even just allows Trout to uh, 
to see some more fastballs because they're going to be afraid that Otani could steal, you know, 25, 30 bags. So he might get more fastballs. There's a lot of things that, that are going to help Mike Trout hitting two with Shohei Otani in front of him, just like it's going to help Shohei Otani with Mike Trout hitting behind him. He's going to get a lot more pitches to hit because pitchers are not going to want to face Mike Trout with Shohei Otani on first base. Yep. Uh, perfectly put. And you and who else this helps? The number nine hole hitter, which should be David Fletcher. Gonna get yep. a lot. You're going to have to give him a lot more fastballs, right? Sure. But, I mean, I, I think he already got a lot of fastballs anyway, so. Well, you know what I mean. Like he's, <laughs> yes. I, I just think I think it helps out David Fletcher too in that nine hole. You know? it, it should, it should, it should, it should at the end of the day. So, yeah. And then when it comes to Mike Trout, I mean, you put two of the best hitters in baseball. You know, sandwich those guys in between Trout and it's or in between, yeah, in between Trout. No. I guess is what you'd put say. Um, you you yeah, put I two. Yeah, is that, that how you put it? Well, if you're counting Otani, you and sandwich Rendon. you sandwich Trout with Otani and Rendon. That's more the correct term of how to yeah, say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna that's gonna help everybody. If you put out. two of the best hitters in baseball back to back, and it'll be tough. Yeah. Well, then you put three of the best hitters back to back to back in baseball, and it's like, uh oh, watch yep. out. So, yeah. Exciting. But yes. Yeah. No, it's it's gonna be fun. I would just I just want them to be healthy. Yeah. I just I just want to see what they can do for. Give me 150 games. I, I want to know what they can do together for 150 games. That's it. And, and I think this is something we've been asking for for a long time. Is you know, Mike Trout should be leading off and. Uh, Otani leading off is just as close to what we want. The only reason we would have Trout lead off is because it, it makes it easier to go right, left, right. Um, and with Otani hitting left-handed with a guy on first base, it opens up that hole. But nevertheless, having Otani lead off and Trout hit two is going to be very, very key to this lineup. I think it, it makes the lineup a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like again, one, two, three is, is kind of scary. So uh, next question, I guess, comment comes from uh, Greg Corey, and I'm just going to kind of zoom in on this. I don't know if we can see that or not. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah, good. yeah. Seen that one, right? Yes, of you, course. The White Sox, they're using headphones? Yes, it is allowed in spring training. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see it. I mean, we can kind of talk about that. Uh, good catch here, Greg, on, on this one, and also Dom, who, who saw it as well. Yeah. Um, so college baseball, they use this. Um, it went into effect, I believe, 2019 was the first year that it was allowed in college baseball. Um, they wanted to make the game speed up where you could talk to the catcher, tell them the signs and go from there. Major League Baseball wanted to see if that was something that was going to help their game. And so it is allowed for spring training. I know that is something that they're talking about adding to – uh, possible rule changes for this off season, you know, 2023 off season, I guess. Um, so there, there is really a trial basis right now to see if it's something that is going to happen long-term. Mm -hmm. uh, is it going to happen? I don't know. Is there a point to it? There shouldn't be honestly, because the scouting reports should be written down. These guys should have the, should know them. And then, honestly, the catcher and pitcher should be calling the game. It should. It's not college baseball. The the coaches are calling the games, and it's a little bit more important to speed up the game there because you're not having to to flash five, six signs and look at a card and you know figure out what's going on. So, it's very, very important in college baseball. I do think that pro ball. I don't think it's as necessary, but you know if that's one of the changes that that is made. I don't think that it's a negative change. I just don't think that it's that big of a deal, but still a really cool, cool thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I agree with you there. I think that it's, um, it's not needed in 
professional baseball, maybe in the minors or something like that when, when guys are, you know, coming out of college, but uh, at the major league level, I mean, even to speed up the game, you know, you can, we, we saw that there's been videos of how many times is, you know, you know time being called and all this stuff. So I, I don't think it's going to speed up the game. I, I like it, you know, in a sense, but I, I don't know. I think that it brings, I think it brings the front office down to the field way too easily too, because you can be calling signs from up there. You might as well, at that point, you might as well have an offensive and defensive coordinator sit up uh, in, in the upper deck and tell your players what to do, you know? So I don't know. Um, I, I like it. I do, but I think it's, uh, I, I don't think it's needed just like you said. So uh, good, good look in there. I, I, like I said, I like it, but I just I don't think it's needed. I'm good with putting the signs down. I don't think too many players are, I don't think you have too many Astro scandals going around there anymore. Um, or and, and like- honestly, the coaches shouldn't be calling signs either. Like the the catcher and pitcher, they have their yeah. That's really just for pickoffs and things like that. That's not really anything crazy. Well, like oh, hey, nice social though. I know, but he wasn't calling fastballs away and things like that. So yes, he was. He would always call it. He wasn't actually calling pitches. Uh, yeah. I don't he know was just telling the catcher whether it's a pickoff or a pitch out, like things like that. It wasn't actual fastball away, things like that. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that we've seen it go away. I don't think we see too many managers and coaches call pitches anymore from in the major league level. So, yeah, uh, super interesting to point that out. So next question comes from our friend from Instagram, Angels Top Plays. Um, it's asked, with Taylor Ward's solid spring thus far, the outfield is actually turning into a competition for the feels like Ward versus Marsh for that fourth spot. Um, what, uh, what do you think about that? And he also has, uh, asks who are your angels for outfielders on opening day? So there's going to be five outfielders on opening day because of the 28 man roster. Um, I think you will have Upton, you'll have Marsh, you will have Trout, you'll have Adele and you will have Taylor Ward all on the roster. I think when the roster goes to 26 though, I, I still keep the same, same guys. I think Justin Upton stays out of the outfield most of the time and plays first base. Um, I think Taylor Ward gives you an option to platoon for Marsh if Marsh is struggling against left-handed pitchers. I don't think he will. He will. I think he's going to be fine. I think he, he will be uh, a very good player for the Angels, but it gives them another option. The one other thing that I love about Taylor Ward he can play catcher if you need him to. He can play first base. He can play third base. He can play all three outfield spots. He probably could even play second base if needed. Um, and I think that's that's in- incredibly key um, with a with a team who has a player who only DHs. So when if if Rendon goes down, um, yes, you could move uh, maybe a Rojas or or Rengifo or or Mayfield to third base. Uh, but I think Taylor Ward just gives you a little bit more offensively than those guys, and he doesn't take too much away defensively. So I see Taylor Ward being on this roster the whole year until he proves that he can't hit. Taylor Ward was what I thought David Fletcher would be, you know, a solid, a solid utility guy in a sense. And, and I know that's, that's pushing it now because I think that David Fletcher is still a solid utility guy who can play all over the diamond, you know, um, and it's not going to hit a lot. But, I mean, Taylor Ward has really turned into a nice piece. I'll, I'll say that right there. Um, you know, for former first-rounder that went from, oh, he's a major leaguer, and I know you hate that term from me, um, 
into a very nice utility guy that can play, oh, all three outfield positions if you need him to. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, probably three infield positions if you need him to. Oh, and if you need a, a you know, an emergency catcher, he can probably catch a little bit for you as well. He Not saying that definitely that. can catch. Yeah, We've he definitely. seen him catch. He definitely can catch. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, a guy that can play, what was that, uh, seven – seven positions right there and if you need need him to pitch he can probably pitch for you you know like obviously you hope that you don't see taylor ward pitching but you know we would probably see jared walsh before taylor ward but yes yes you you get what i'm saying though like he's turned into a fantastic weapon and i'm gonna again ask this question is taylor ward one of the most underrated players in baseball like not one of the most underrated players in baseball but he is a good player um he, he will have a a Good year do it playing his role. I think he should be on the roster the entire season. Uh, unless for some reason he he's given an opportunity and he starts the year, you know, two for 22. And it's like, we're going to send him down to AAA and we're going to keep, you know, Jack Mayfield on the roster. We're going to keep Luis Franquifo on the roster. So yeah. I, I think he will have a fine year. He will be uh, very, very helpful to an Angels team that, that could use a guy who could play multiple positions. Yeah, he is a... He has been used perfectly. Uh, we, we mentioned especially that a lot. in spring. Yeah, especially in spring. But he's been used absolutely perfectly to a T um, with Joe Madden and what he does. Um, so I, I'm all for it. I like it. I think that he's, you know, he's turned into a, a fantastic utility guy that you'd look for um, at the back end of the first round. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a major sure. leaguer, man. He's a major yeah, leaguer. Sure. So let's go with that one. He's a major leaguer. So, Nate. Before we let everybody go, you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts today. Um, yes, I've been meaning to talk about this. New strength coach and new trainer for the Angels. Hopefully that that's something that we said is a potential problem. We never were able to verify our, um, our concerns because obviously we, we can't say that it, it plays a factor, but it is an opportunity to see if a new strength coach and a new trainer help this team stay healthy, help this team get in the weight room more. I know that was something that we talked about last year's the angels weren't really in the weight room too much. They, uh, they were in the weight room early and not as much in, you know, the dog days of July, August, September. So if we can keep them in the weight room and I know people are going to be like, why are they in the weight room in July, August, September, but in order for these guys to play, at their high level, they need, they need to be in the weight room, you know, three times a week minimum, trying to keep their bodies in good shape to play 162 games in what it looks like 165 games or 165 days. Like, it feels like they're not going to have too many off days uh, with the season getting pushed back two weeks. So, double headers, whatever, it's going to be tough on the body. So, they're going to need to be in good shape. And I am looking forward to seeing if it makes a difference. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, you, I've said sources the last couple of times for my final thought. I'm going to continue with that because we talked about this. We talked with somebody inside the organization, or I mean, I talked with somebody inside the organization, but you also know this. There weren't a lot of players in the weight room last year. We know this for a fact. It would be, it's very interesting to know what is actually going on. You know, like it, it was totally, we, I, I'm not even, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, somebody has told us that, you know, when it comes to the weight room before and after games, that doesn't happen very often. So let's see what happens now if they are not necessarily made to go in the weight room. And, and okay, let's backtrack a little bit on this because this is also a Joe Madden style of thing that he likes. He runs a very, he runs a very, very major league style uh, ball club. And I mean, major, 
It's weird. He runs an optional ball yeah. club where he everything does. is optional. He Practice does. is optional. Lifting is optional. Everything is optional. Whatever you think will do uh, the best for your body and, and your game, do that. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Not, we don't know, like I said, we don't know what <laughs> what works and what doesn't for some guys. You know, I mean, during a 162-game span, you get to the, you know, July, August, September. I'm sure a lot of these guys probably don't want to don't want to be in the weight room. You know, that you just – you know, you're playing in Texas in the heat, Houston in the heat, or, you know, wherever, wherever the outdoors is anymore out there. Um, you know, it's, um, it's tough. You know, I, I totally understand. I get it. You know, you don't want to be at the field any longer than, than you have to sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, this is a job. (laughs) So yeah, you know, I'm with you on that. If that's, that's the final thought. I like that. Um, kind of interesting, interesting thought there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what, what's, I wouldn't say injuries because I think injuries a lot of times are it's freak incidents sometimes yeah but it'll be interesting to see how injuries are dealt with because I think the Mike Trout thing could have been uh, it might have not it might have not been the whole season last year it might have only been you know two months uh, it'll be interesting to see if some of these guys stay healthy longer um, and the other thing too from a pitching standpoint can some of these guys go deeper into games because their body's in better shape. I think Noah Syndergaard is a perfect example for that. He's going to bring um, a little bit of that, hey, I am a big dude. I like to throw, and I am going to pitch for as long as I possibly can. And my body says I can pitch for a long time because I know I'm explosive. Um, I'm a big guy, and I I, I can do it. I have the ability to throw long. So that is also something that could help. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you mentioned that. Uh, I wonder, you know, if that could be one of the reasons why they brought in a couple of these guys. Michael Lorenzen's very similar. Michael Lorenzen's a big dude. Yeah, no, Michael Lorenzen and Noah Syndergaard, two of the biggest dudes in baseball. Um, You know, like maybe it's a hey, let's 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 put a little presence in the uh, in in the weight room this year and see what happens. Not again, not saying that these guys don't hit the weight room or anything like that, but I mean, when you hear things from inside inside the uh, inside the clubhouse about, you know, the weight room not being used that often. It's uh, it's an indicator of what, what's kind of going on in the organization. So again, that's the type of team that Joe Madden runs and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, hopefully that type of thing might work with, uh, with this team that they have going in 2022. So guys, again, thanks for listening here at talking halos and watching us on YouTube. If you could subscribe to us wherever you're listening or watching us, um, you can go follow us on all our social medias. Of course you can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's Nate on Twitter at Nate green 34. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.